you're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Father, thank you for your word. Dad, thank you for the truths that we uh, can study and learn and uh, receive uh, and apply into our lives. Dad, thank you for this, uh, our understanding that of the teaching that you teach us that we are in a war, but but we can uh, we don't have to walk in fear or we can walk in, in victory in the middle of that battle. Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Quick review. First thing we learn about warfare that's important is what? Knowing that we are in a war. Man, y'all are good. Y'all got that. Amen. Hey. Really? <laughs> you need to put this on like a... Put this... I know, never happy, Emma. Put this on like a five-second delay, okay? <laughs> See, they they would have not... They were going to take credit for the fact that they knew that and... and I know, I know. All right. <laughs> we, one of the most important things about warfare is to understand that we're in a war. We're not, Paul says to Church of Corinth, we're not ignorant of his devices or ignorant of his schemes. So we know that. We don't, it, 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 you can stick your head in the sand and, and hope it blows over you, but guess what? You're in a war. You know, you can, you can act like you're not, you're still in a war. You don't, even, you don't even have to believe that you're in a war, but you're in a war. We're, that's one of the first things we've learned as we've been looking at this idea of warfare. The second one we learned was what? Without looking at the board? Who remembers? That's why I go over this every week. One of these days, y'all going to all remember these three points. First one's we're in a war. The second one is we fight from a... Place of victory. We're not fighting for victory or to get victory. We already have victory. So we're fighting this war from a place of victory. Again, has a different feel, a different attitude about how we're fighting this war to know that I'm, I'm on the winning side. You know, this thing's been decided. And so we can fight from that, from that position. The third thing that we've really been emphasizing is this whole idea of the biblical meaning of the word Patience, yes, yes, yes. We've understand that our, and I, I mean, my fill, and I'm assuming y'all's, is when I, before really digging into this word, is the idea of patience to me, and I think probably the majority of people, if you ask them what it meant to be, to have patience, is just kind of, to, to just kind of sit back and suck it up and bear up under the load and, 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 you know, you don't give up, you're, you're being patient, you, you, right? I mean, that's kind of the, the mentality I think that a lot of people have. And we've, and we've taught, and I've taught, and I've preached, and there's truth in it, this whole idea of when we go through the trials and tribulations, because patience, tribulation worketh patience. One of the ways we get patience is going through the trials and the tests. And those things happen in our life, but that doesn't mean when we're in the middle of those that our stance is supposed to be, okay, <laughs> You know, just let it happen. You know, suck it up, Bob. It's you know, it's your season of life. You're just going through hell right now. Just, just eventually it'll you get better. You know, and that's not what patience means. Was we've 
studied that and looked at that. In fact, as James makes this statement, again, brethren and sistren, count it all joy. Again, if you, if, to count it all joy means it's a decision. It's a choice that I get to make. Count it joy. When? When you fall into the middle of various trials, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let it have its perfect work, and that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Amen? All right, I want to read again to you tonight out of, out of the message. I, you know, I would just encourage you guys to get, a translate, get the message translation if you don't have it. It's really more of a paraphrase. Translation is really not a good understanding of it. But the message, the voice, um, uh, the passion, all those translations are really current English modern translations, and they help you to just get a better grasp and gist of, of what's being said in the Scripture. Ephesians in a message says this, and that about wraps it up. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus and to us. He, here, here's wrapping it up. This about wraps it up. God is strong. I'm in the middle of a war. God's on my side. You think it's a good idea for me to know God's not a wimp? <laughs> right? I mean, God's not weak. God is strong. And again, I've, I've showed that picture. And to me, I, I, there's just this reality. I think people, if, if, I think Christians have this view as well as for certain the lost world has this view of Satan and Jesus arm wrestling and there's this war going on and this battle and it's like they're equal foes and they're kind of duking it out and we know somewhere along the line Jesus kind of wins but it, it you know he barely makes it you know that's kind of that mindset or mentality and the mentality is Paul says God is strong and <laughs> And he wants you strong. It's not just him that's strong. He wants you strong. So what do you do based on that? That's, that's the foundation. God's strong. He wants you strong. Based on that, what do you do? Take up everything the master has set out for you. Well-made weapons of the best material. And you don't just take them. Put, you, you ought to have your pens or your underlining things in your Bible or, you know, even your electronic ones. You understand you can highlight things in there and write little notes. Y'all, y'all aware of that? You can. Y'all have figured it out. And, you don't know, don't just take them, but you put them to use. Hello? It doesn't do you any good to learn the last five weeks or six weeks, however long we've been talking about warfare, it's, it, it isn't going to help you to just got some, some brain activity or just to, to have got some knowledge or maybe learn some verses. I mean, all that doesn't, it just doesn't help much just to know it if you don't put it to use, put it to practice, apply it. That's what Jesus said when he's talked about the parable about the person that built their, their house on the rock and the one on the sand, the one that built their house on the rock or the ones that took it and used it, did something with it. They applied it. And that's what Paul's saying. Don't just, it's, it's good you know God's strong. It's good you know he wants you strong. You can take everything that Jesus has done, but you got to do something with it. Put it to use. Why? So you will be able to stand to everything the devil throws your way. How many of you know the devil will throw stuff at you? Right? 
The devil will throw things your way. And if you want to stand, you got to do what he's saying here. Devil, and, and I love this, how it says this. <laughs> this is no afternoon athletic contest. My version would be, this isn't a trip to the beach. This life we're in. He's talking about our life. This isn't no afternoon athletic contest that we walk away and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight. Everybody say life and death. Life or death fight. Does that, does that make it sound like something we ought to pay attention to? If I'm, if I'm in the, if, if I'm in the, if this is true and it's true, I'm not questioning that. If it's true, then, and I'm, we are in the middle of a life and death struggle. That, I mean, that ought to put some, some emphasis upon understanding this, right? I mean, you getting with me? It's, it's a life and death fight to the finish <laughs> against the devil and his angels. Be prepared. You're up against more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. <laughs> Don't you love that? Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation are more than just words. Learn how to use them, how to apply them. You'll, you'll need them. Hello? I will need them. You're going to, you, you, you and are going to need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and pray long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one will fall behind or no one drops out. Is that awesome? And we, I encourage you go back, listen to the podcast. If you haven't been here, listen to the podcast. We really just dove into that a lot in the last couple of weeks. Tonight, I want to focus on, or this afternoon, I want to focus on two pieces of that armor, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. Shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. What I'm going to say to you over the next three hours. <laughs> what? Don't y'all want to be here for three hours? <laughs> well, here, here, I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna do you a favor. You ready? You can, you can take a picture of this, put it on your phone, put it in front of you, write it down. Everything I'm gonna say tonight can be summed up in this one sentence. As I read and meditate on God's word, the Holy Spirit speaks it into my heart. I then declare it with my mouth, and that declaration builds faith which then becomes my shield of faith. Try it again. You ready? As I read and meditate on God's word, the Holy Spirit speaks that word. Any of you, when you've been reading the Bible, had the Holy Spirit speak a word to you? Absolutely. The Holy Spirit brings that written word to life. He speaks it to you. What you're supposed to do with it when it's spoken to you is you're supposed to do what? You begin to... They speak, declare, you begin to declare the word. God gave you a word, you declare the word. That kind of, in a sense, puts, I don't know, puts feet to the word. It, it, it gives it some 
um, I don't know what what's the word I'm looking for some some hoops law or something it gives, it, it gives us something okay and it's, it's hearing it reading it meditating on it Holy Spirit brings it to life speaks it to you you then declare it with your mouth okay you have to speak it out that listen to this that declaration declaring it then builds faith which then becomes my shield of faith. The word of God declared becomes faith and becomes the shield of faith. Those two, those two pieces of armor are tied together. Now, how does that work? Let's look at it. I knew that's a question y'all wanted to know. How do we do that? First of all, let's answer the question, what is faith? If we're going to have faith, we need to know what faith is. Would y'all agree? Faith is, the Bible just happens to tell you very clearly what faith is. Faith is, according to Hebrews 11.1, faith is confidence and what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, the see here is to see with these eyes. You with me? Faith is confidence, what I'm hoping for. I can't see it yet. In other words, it doesn't take faith if I can see it. Does that make sense? I don't have to... I don't have to have faith in that chair when I'm sitting down because I've experienced it. I, I can see it. It's tangible. I'm pretty certain when I sit in that thing, it's going to hold me. Now, if, there, if there's not a chair there, <laughs> and if I go over and I have faith to believe there's a chair, but I can't see it, and I sit, I'm not going to demonstrate. <laughs> Y'all like that, wouldn't you? And I sit, there's a chair, if I have faith, that's going to respond to that. By faith, I can see things that aren't in the physical. That's what faith is. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't need faith if I can see it. If I can't see it, it's assurance of things that I'm hoping for. I may not have them yet, but I have an assurance. Faith, faith ties into that assurance God told me I'm going to have this. I can have this. It's in the Word of God. I'm trusting the Word of God. The Holy Spirit speaks it into my life. I hear it. I meditate on it. I pray about it. And I begin to declare, God told me this. This is who I am. And I begin to speak that and declare that. He told me I can have life. He told me I have health. And I can speak this health over myself, over this friend, over this neighbor. I can speak it and declare it because God said it. Now, I may not see it with these eyes, but I can see it with eyes of Faith. Faith is spelled, Wimber used to always make this statement. How do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. That's how you spell faith. It's risking. It's stepping out. That's what faith is. I hope that makes sense to you. NLT, New Living Translation, says it this way. Faith is the confidence that, we, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. Also, along with faith, Hebrews 11.6 says this about faith. Without faith, most of the time you can't please God. Almost. <laughs> Without faith, it is impossible. How many of you want to please God? We all do. If I want to please him, then what's that say I got to have? faith. If I'm not walking in faith, that's not pleasing to God. Faith is trusting and believing what I can't see yet with here, 
but have an assurance of confidence because God said it was true. God said this is what's going to happen. And I can have confidence in that. Faith is impossible to please God. But anyone who comes to him, why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. I mean, you got it has faith just to believe God exists. And that he rewards those who diligently or earnestly seek him. God is a reward. In other words, God... Well, how do I say this? God, God doesn't like half-hearted attempts. You with me? God, God doesn't like. He doesn't. It's there's an earnestness when we're when we're seeking Him earnestly. He says He rewards those that do that. Amen. There's a there's a there's a sense of we have to go for it. We have to go after him. I think that ties into even in Revelation where, where Jesus makes a statement to the church. I guess it was Ephesus where it says, I, I, I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. I mean, there's a there's a sense that God rewards passion. He rewards an earnestness where we go after him. It's impossible to please God. If it is impossible to please God without faith, would you agree that we probably ought to understand what faith is? Agree? And maybe how do you get it? How do you get faith? How do you grow in it? Is it possible to grow in faith? Can you get more faith? Remember the guy that came to Jesus and Jesus said, if you have faith, uh, what is, I can't remember the exact story now, but basically the guy turns around and says, help me with my unbelief. So in other words, it's possible to grow in our faith. It's possible to have more faith, to trust him more. Amen. <laughs> All right. To get more faith, I want to just look at how we do that. And again, part of, part of this is part of this, if you're not careful, it, it can be abused. Okay. And I'm 15, 20, 30 years ago, there was a there was a big abuse, in my opinion, and I think God's opinion, to this whole idea of, of speaking things and declaring things. It was name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. All those things were kind of tied in together. If you wanted a Mercedes, you just started speaking it, and eventually you're going to get it because you, you speak things, and they come into existence because you speak them. The problem is that's not biblical. The other problem is is we often... <laughs> We often take the truths that are in that scripture and we throw the baby out with the bathwater. So we don't want to have anything to do with speaking those things and declaring those things because that, that sounds like those, those charismatic freaks over there that do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm, I'm smarter than that. You know, I'm more, you know, intelligent and, you know, mature. mature. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I knew all the books of the Bible when I was eight years old. You know, that, that ought to count for something, right? And uh, but it, it, I don't want to just—I don't want to toss the baby out. With, y'all understand what that means? Don't—we don't toss truth because it's misabused by some people. We need to understand what the truth is and walk in the truth. Corinthians says this. Paul tells Corinth. I'm going to read this in the NIV and then out of the voice. It says this: For though we live in the world, where do we live? In the world, hello, some people I wonder if they are actually here, but we do live in the world. Though we live in the world, we don't, do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with, and here's where we're going to get into this idea of declaring and speaking. 
The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. How many of you want to be able to demolish strongholds? If you've got a stronghold in your life, wouldn't you like to be able to crush it? Or somebody in your family or a friend or a relative or a child, if they're strong, wouldn't you like to be able to speak to those strongholds and demolish them? Apparently you can. The weapons we fight with, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish, I love that word demolish. Do you get the power behind that? It's not just, it's not just we you know, take a little sissy hammer and, and tap at this thing that's going on. We, we destroy it. We demolish it. We, we demolish these strongholds. We demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take, look what it says, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You ought to be underlining that. That whole verse is powerful. I'm going to read it to you out of the voice. It says this, another translation. For though we walk in the world, we do not fight according to the world's rules of warfare. The weapons of the war we're fighting with are not of this world but are powered by God and effective at turning, tearing down the strongholds erected, erected against the truth. Strongholds do what? Stand up against the truth. There are strongholds erected against what's true. So if there's a stronghold, it's, it's standing against, it's lies, it's standing against truth. You with me? We are demolishing arguments and ideas and every high, boy, listen to this. And every high and mighty philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of the one true God. Is that happening today? Amen. I mean, people want to come across that are, they want to come across as superior, smart, brilliant, knowledgeable. You know, if, 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 you, if, you, just, if you just had the, the ability to understand truth like I can, you would understand this truth. You know, the truth is that you really can't tell what sex a baby is when it's born. I mean, everybody knows that, right? You should just let it decide itself when it's 12 years old what sex it wants to be. I mean, that's, I mean that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Hopefully you all understand I'm being facetious. No, I mean, but that argument comes across like it's, like it's some kind of you know, high and lofty, philosophical, you know, you really got to, you know, you got to be smart to grasp this, you know, to, to understand these truths that we're trying to, we're, we want to teach your kids. We, you, don't, you don't have the ability to teach your kids truth, so let us do it. We'll teach kids truth, right? Nah, wrong. <laughs> That's our parents' job under God is to do that. All right, where am I at? I didn't mean to get caught up in that. We're demolishing these arguments. We're taking prisoners of every thought. Okay, here's how you demolish a stronghold. You take prisoners of every thought, every motion, subduing them into the obedience to the anointed one. Strongholds, arguments, lies, and the world's philosophy pits themselves against the truth. How are you going to know the truth? It's written, <laughs> Right? If what the world's trying to teach you is against what's written, then guess what? It's wrong. It's a falsehood. It's a lie. 
What is the opposite of faith? There's some strongholds for you. The opposite of faith is, name one. Fear, that's a big one. If, you have, if you're walking in fear, that means you're not walking in faith. Fear is an opposite of, what else? Goes along with fear. What's another stronghold? It's not faith. What was it? Worry, absolutely. Worry is a stronghold. If you're worrying about, in fact, this, the sad thing is, 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 is that's almost become an acceptable terminology, even in the church, to say, you know, I'm just, I'm so worried about so-and-so, and I'm, I'm worried about this thing that's happening. Guess what? Worry's not God. Hello? The Bible, clearly Jesus teaches worry won't add what? It won't add an hour to your life. It won't add anything to your life. Worry is of the enemy. Worry is the opposite of faith. If I have faith, I won't worry. You with me? Faith, fear, doubt, lies are the opposite of faith. Uh, anxiety is the opposite of faith. Those things can become strongholds in our life. Okay, how do I demolish them? I'm glad you all asked. Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith comes by, if we, want it, if, if we can't please God without faith, then we probably ought to want to know how we walk in faith. How do I grow in faith? And how do I get faith? According to this verse, pretty clear, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes from me getting into God's word, reading it, studying it, meditating on it, but listening to it, hearing it, and asking the Holy Spirit. You should never read the Bible without just asking the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak truth to me out of this word. Open my eyes. Give me wisdom. Give me insight. Help me understand what I'm reading here. Any of you ever read something in the Bible and don't understand it? Yeah. <laughs> About most of the time. <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit. He, Jesus said the Holy Spirit would what? Starts with a T. Teach you teach you the truth, but teach you some things, all things. The Holy Spirit lives where? In you. If you're a Christian, he lives in you. And as you read God's word, the written word, he will teach you. And then here's the key. The written word can then become the spoken word because the Holy Spirit will speak the word that you just read to you and, and bring it to life. It'll stir it up in you. It'll, it'll, you get a it, it applies to you, and, and God will speak to you out of his written word. Have y'all anybody ever experienced that? I hope you do regularly. I mean, some, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the Bible, that proceeds from the mouth of God. You understand for the first, I don't know, several centuries that they did not even have what we call the Bible. Right? You with me? In fact, is the common man, the commoner, didn't have it until when? King James. Okay, but what happened just before King James? Printing press. <laughs> the printing press. The commoners didn't get, they didn't have the scrolls of Isaiah to roll out on their kitchen table and read. They didn't have those scrolls of the scripture to read. They didn't have... Because they were very, very, imagine if, you had, if your only copy of the scripture was handwritten. Imagine how expensive that sucker would be. The print press came along and guess what happened? The common man could now afford the Bible. King James came along and helped. There's some stories there that are kind of questionable too. But anyway. Uh, yes, yes. 
There we go. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> Faith comes, how did I get on that? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So we hear, some people say the word rhema is the, is the spoken word. We hear that. And then, not only do we hear it, remember, let's go back to what we talked about earlier. We hear it. God speaks it to us. We've studied it. He, he speaks it to us. And then we speak it ourselves. We begin to declare it. If God gives me a word and I begin to declare it, that to, to a degree begins to build and add faith in me because I'm beginning to speak what God spoke to me. Does that make sense? That's how faith grows. That's how it's built. In fact, this Proverbs 18.21 Amplified says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That doesn't mean just that little muscle in there. Not, not many people killed, I guess, by beating them with your tongue, but it's, it's the words that that tongue produces. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They who indulge on it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. For death or life. Now, here's the trick. What is truth? If we want to speak the truth, if we want to speak life, I mean, we don't want to speak lies, right? So if we want to speak the truth, we need to know the truth. I mean, that kind of makes sense. The scripture will teach us what's true, but everything, here's, here's what I want you to catch. Just because I can see it doesn't mean it's true. You with me? I mean, just because I can see something, just because I, I can experience something doesn't necessarily make it true. What's true is, how do I know if something's true? Because of what? Because somebody else said it. Who? God. Bottom line. If God says it's true, guess what? It's true. You may see it and you may think that's true and God may say, no, it ain't. <laughs> In fact, there's a great story in the Old Testament that applies to that. Remember when they were getting ready to Israelite had gone through the wilderness for 40 years and they're getting ready to cross into Jordan and Joshua is now leading. They sent out 12 spies into the Jordan and they're supposed to do what? Go in there and check out the lands. God said this land is flowing with milk and honey and, 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 and you're going to prosper and it's a great land. But they sent spies, 12 of them, into the land to see, I guess, let's check it out. Let's see if it's true. Did God, what God say, is that accurate? You know, how's it, well, is it defended? What's it look like? What are our obstacles going to be? What do we got to overcome to get in there and take this land we've been told has been given to us? What do we got to do? 12 spies went in. Two, 10 of them came out and said, what? This is a land that is full of giants, <laughs> giants, giants, okay? We're just puny in their eyes. That's what they said. These people, they're humongous. They're big people over there. There's giants in this land God has sent us to. That, that, yes, there's, it's flowing with milk and honey. I mean, there's a lot of honey and there's a lot of milk, whatever that is. And it's good stuff over there. But you know, not only are there giants there, but there's walled cities there. And how are we going to, I mean, look at us. You know, we've been, we've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. All of them are died. We're a bunch of kids. You know, how are we going to take on these giants, you know? And so 10 to the 12, imagine some of the stories they're talking. I mean, we read stuff and just 
like, oh, imagine there are things that were going on back and forth between all these Israelites that are arguing about what are we supposed to do? So they come back, 10 come back and say this about it. Okay. Now the question is this, is what they said true? It is according to what you see with your eyes. Okay. Two of them were, who were they? Joshua and Caleb, good old Josh and Caleb, they came back, and what did they say? It's true. It's his flow of milk and honey. There are giants, there are walled cities, but we can take it. We can do it. Here, here's the point, okay? What they saw, they thought was true. God and his word, you know what he said about it? He called it an evil report. He said what they saw, he didn't say it was wrong. He didn't say they didn't see that. He just said the reporting of it, how they said about it, what they spoke and what they declared was evil. It was wrong. It was an evil report that they were given. So sometimes, sometimes what we speak or what we see is not necessarily, we don't, in other words, we don't, we don't declare what we see. We declare what God's word says. You with me? I'm not going to speak something I see. I want to speak and declare and confess and proclaim and receive the word of God, the truth of his word, not what I'm seeing with my eyes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing word of God. Corinthians says this, we live by faith, not by sight. What's our tendency? We want to live by sight. My truck just broke down. No, it didn't. I'm not declaring that. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We want to we live by things that we see, things that are happening. This is happening in my life. This is what's going on. This broke down. My bank account looks like this. You know, this is what's going on with my boss. This is what's going on with my kids. You see what my kids are doing. And we focus on everything that we can see. And instead of focusing on them, we're supposed to be focusing on what God said, what his word says. And we're supposed to be declaring the truth of his word, speaking those things. And when we declare those things, those build faith. Amen. Somebody say amen. All right. I'm skipping down. We're going to be here all night. And I know as much as y'all want to be here all night. All right, so what do I do? I hear the word of God. I declare it. By declaring it, that builds faith in me. That, that begins, in fact, I've shared my testimony with you guys. I don't want to get in detail on it. But I shared my testimony about how eight years, 2008, I guess it's not eight years ago now. It's 2008 is 14 years ago. Thank you. My, my Englewood mathematics was going slow there. Um, 14 years ago in 2008, we had wound up having to declare bankruptcy. We declared personal bankruptcy, business bankruptcy. Basically, bottom line, we lost right at a million dollars in net worth is what we had. Retirement, that was, that, was, that was our plans for the future. And 2008 came along. We weren't the only ones. There were a whole bunch of people in 2008, unfortunately, that had to do the same thing, especially a lot of contractors that had declared bankruptcy. And I told you how I felt like I was handling it well and I was going along and even I, Rick, Pastor Rick at the time was our pastor and he asked me 
probably weekly. You know, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? And I kept saying, yeah, I'm doing fine. You know, I was a man of faith and I was, you know, we were, we were doing all right, you know. And, I, and, and then all of a sudden, one night out of the clear blue sky, I, I wake up in the middle of the night, never had one in my life. Don't even know that I could have described what one looked like, but I knew when it was happening, what I was having, I woke up with a major panic attack, anxiety attack. I mean, just two o'clock in the morning seemed to be the the hour. I don't know what was so special about two, but literally for three months, two o'clock in the morning, basically, I would wake up in the middle of the night and, and just had this severe anxiety attack. It didn't happen during the daytime. I guess I was alert enough to declare the word and understand what I was doing. But I literally, I would just wake up and I, I don't even know how to describe it. If you've never had one, you, you won't understand it. But there, literally, it felt like my skin was crawling. Um, it, it, it's like I couldn't breathe. I, I, I would felt short of breath. Like, uh, and it's just hard to describe what an anxiety attack is. I couldn't sit down. I didn't want to stand up. I wound up just walking around. Sometimes in the middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'd walk the neighborhood. I'm surprised somebody didn't shoot me. But <laughs> um, Kathy got out and prayed with me. We prayed. We read the Bible. We spoke in tongues over it. We did all kinds. And literally, I got to the point where I did not want to go to bed at night for the fear that I was going to wake up in the middle of the night with an anxiety attack. That's how bad it got for about three months. Went to see a doctor. He didn't do much, but just basically nothing. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I told you, I've shared this with you, and I just want to share it again in context of what we're studying with this, with this idea of warfare. As clear as I've ever heard the Lord say to me, I've heard him say this, I want you to take, I'd, I was reading in Philippians, and Philippians 4 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, true according to who? To God. What was true is I was filing a bankruptcy. What was true is I just lost everything I owned. I lost all my toys, my cars, my vehicles. The only thing I didn't lose was my guns. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it would have really been bad if I'd lost my guns. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> whatever's true, true not according to what I'm seeing, but true according to God. Whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if there's any excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, instead of worry, which is a sin, instead of worry, which is, brings fear, brings anxiety, produces nothing, helps get nothing, helps do nothing, it doesn't solve any problems, instead of focusing on what I could see and worrying about those things, this word says, think about these things. In other words, put your mind, instead of worrying about that, put your mind on this. Your mind on what is true, is what he says. Your mind on what is noble, is right, is lovely. Think about these things. And so I literally felt like God, and I don't, this isn't an antidote for anybody that has this. You need to let God speak to you about it. But he told me, get out a pen and pencil and write down everything that's true according to God's word. What's true? What's noble? What's right? What's honorable? What's righteous? What's just? Write, write these things down. And I began to write them down and jot them out. And I filled out several pieces of paper of things. And some of them was like, Jesus is Lord. Guess what? That's true. Didn't look like he was Lord at the time of my life. It looked like all hell was breaking loose. Truth is, Jesus is Lord. 
Whether I see it, experience it, feel it, he's still Lord. The truth. The truth is, and I wrote this down, I love, I love my family. That's truth. I love Jesus. I'm free. Jesus is my curse bearer. These are just some things I did. I'm the righteousness of Christ. I have a great wife that is a blessing. I have three great kids. God's my provider. Jesus is my peace. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. God's my shield. I was bought with a price. I will not starve and have to go to a shelter. <laughs> I felt at least some of my family, I hope my sister would take me in. <laughs> at least give me a shelter to live under. <laughs> Basically, my doctor asked me, do you think you'll wind up under the overpass? <laughs> I said, no, I hope I've got enough family and friends that'll at least put me up. I probably could have called Carol. Carol, you would have taken me in, wouldn't you? I, I knew you would. <laughs> I'm not sure about Rock. Sharon would have taken me in. <laughs> about the shit. <laughs> That's right. Put me out into your little hole where you shoot in your, in your gun gallery there. Uh, I'm forgiven. I'm special in God's eyes. The joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> Jesus disarmed my enemies on the cross. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. By his stripes I am healed. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's, guess what those are? Those are what's true. Not necessarily what I'm seeing, but what's true. And Jesus said, write them down. And when you get woke up in the middle of the night, begin to declare those things. And the next night I woke up and I got my pad, my pencil out, and I started reading them. Fell asleep. Did it again. Within about a week, I never had another anxiety attack. Never. Thank God. <laughs> That's learning to declare and speak it. In other words, when you speak it, there's something that happens when that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You understand when you're speaking, you're also hearing. So when God gives you a word and you begin to declare and speak it, it begin, you begin to hear it. Hearing it begins to build faith in you. That faith then becomes a shield of faith. You with me? I have faith. It becomes a shield of faith. And that shield of faith does what? It quenches the what? All the fiery darts that who's shooting at you? The enemy's shooting at you. The demons are shooting at you. The enemy is, is constantly shooting. Guess what those darts are? Bob, you're a loser. Bob, you're never going to amount to anything. Bob, you're broke. Bob, you're going to starve. Bob, your wife's going to leave you. Bob, your family's going to disown. Those are the enemy thoughts that's throwing darts at you. The shield of faith does what? Stops them. Quenches them. Doesn't let them take effect. They don't hit you. Why? Because you're declaring the first, the, the, the word of God the, by faith. You're saying, no, this is true. I don't believe these lies. I'm declaring faith, which begin, or declaring the word, which begins to build faith in me. Jesus says this in Matthew and Amplified. I, it was, what I, we need to see faith Faith is not a feeling. Okay? You with me? Sometimes I have to have faith when I don't feel like it. You with me? Do you, I mean, do you ever wake up just some morning out of the clear blue sky and you just, you just doubt the whole world's in existence? 
I mean, seriously, you just, you're, you, you went to bed and everything was wonderful and you woke up that morning and, 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 and you wondered what in the world happened during the night. That you don't feel, your faith isn't based on what you're feeling. Faith is based on the truth of what God's word says and you begin to speak that. The, the issue is this, it's not based on feelings, but listen to this, you can feel it. Does that make sense? I can feel faith in me. I can feel faith rise up within me. As I'm studying and reading the word of God and God begins to speak to me, I can literally feel, I, don't, I, I guess you feel it in your spirit or in your, I feel it in my body sometimes. Your hair on your arm stands up. It's, it's, you can, it's not feeling, faith's not based on feelings, but you can feel faith. You with me? Amen. Somebody say Amen. Amen. <laughs> Jesus says this in Matthew, I will get in the Amplified, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Who has the keys of the kingdom of heaven? Everybody point at yourself. I do. God, Jesus gave you, hear me? Jesus gave you and me his body, his church. He gave us the keys to the kingdom. What do you do with keys? You unlock and you lock. There's some things we have to lock. Some things we have to unlock. He's given us the keys of the kingdom. Look what he says. Then he says this. Oh, this is why I like it in Amplifies. Whatever you bind with me. Way to go, Pete. You got it up there. Whatever you bind... <laughs> <laughs> Here's what it means to bind. Whatever you bind means to declare to be improper and unlawful. If I'm binding something in the name of Jesus, I'm declaring that as something that's unlawful or improper. You with me? Somebody say yes. Okay. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind, whatever you declare or declare, how do you declare it? You speak it. Whatever you declare to be improper or unlawful on earth, where do we live? On earth must have all, must be what is already bound in heaven. What's he saying? If God has already bound something in heaven, that means I can do what? I can bind it here on earth. Amen? Whatever he's bound already, I can bind. I can speak it as improper and untruthful. I can bind, I can bind those words up. You understand? There's so, you, can, you can stop. You can take a th If somebody's speaking against you, ill of you, gossiping about you, you can bind that in the name of Jesus and stop it from having an effect. You can, I did this, oh boy, I shouldn't probably tell you this. One night in, it was church. <laughs> Here he goes. In my Baptist days, this person happened to be a deacon. And uh, right in the middle of the service, he just stood up and started manifesting. They didn't know what it was. I knew what it was. It was manifesting a demon. And he just started speaking evil of me. I mean, just literally right in the middle of the service, declaring it. And before anybody, any of my good big ushers could get to him, 
I bound him. I, stopped, I just stopped right in the middle of what I was doing. I said, in the name of Jesus, sit down and shut up. And you know what he did? Sat down and shut up. Just stopped him, just like that. I'll never forget it. It's like, whoa. That's pretty cool. <laughs> bound him. Why? Because he's already been bound. That kind of speak, that kind of talking that he was doing is improper. Unlawful. And you can bind it. In Jesus' name. It's already been bound there. I can't just on my own decide I want to bind something. It has to have already been bound there. You with me? Or on earth must already be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, or in other words, declare as lawful on earth must have already been loosed in heaven. That's where we can loose things in the kingdom of God. He gave us the keys to the kingdom so we can loose the kingdom. That's what Jesus was doing when he cast out demons. He loosed the kingdom on them. He made the statement over and over, when the kingdom of God comes, this is what's happening. When somebody was healed, he made this statement, that's the kingdom of God showing up. He loosed what was already loosed in heaven. He loosed here on earth. Hmm, man, that's good. <laughs> When we begin to speak things in faith, we begin to speak the word that God has said. We begin to speak them what he has already said. That's what binds and looses. Not me just deciding on my own, hey, I think I want a nice home on the river, so I'm going to start speaking that. You with me? What he's already done, then we can speak it. How am I going to know what he did? I'm going to read the word. And he'll speak it to me. And he'll give you practical things. Some things, you understand there's some things you won't find in the Bible. You're, you're probably going to have a hard time if you're trying to decide, am I supposed to marry this lady, this girl? It's probably not going to tell you somewhere in the Bible. What, what, I was trying to decide after a few short years. <laughs> I think it was seven. Kathy was a little slow. I was trying to decide. We'd actually been broke up. We broke up for about three weeks. And, and uh, I was trying to decide, God, is this, is, I read it, I'm reading, I'm studying. It's like, it's like nowhere in the Bible that I ever find where it said, Bob, go marry Kathy. <laughs> How did I know? Because he spoke into my spirit. A chocolate chip cookie, I, maybe I'll tell you. Did I ever tell you all that story about chocolate chip cookie? You have such a holy pastor. <laughs> I decided this was three weeks after we had broke up. I said, you know, I'm going to fast, God. I'm just going to fast until you give me an answer. Let me know. Lord, I want to know. I want to do your will. I'm fasting. Declared it. I'm going to fast. That was in the morning. That evening, I went to a friend's house that was married, and she was cooking chocolate chip cookies. I said, okay, Jesus, I'll marry her. <laughs> I want a cookie. <laughs> she never liked that story. <laughs> she thinks I married her because of the cookie, but <laughs> I'm not real sure what it had to do with anything I was just saying here. What did that have to do with this? Anyway, amen. Let's do this. We've done this. Well, yeah, y'all got two more minutes, three more minutes. Y'all good? Let's stand up. We've read this before, but I want to read it again. I want you to understand how you can feel faith rise up in you by declaring truth. You okay? Everybody say amen. amen. 
I want you, we're going to read this together. And when you read it, I want you to, you understand there's a difference between just kind of you know, ho-humanly ho, ho reading and declaring versus declaring. You with me? Yes. Act like you're mad at one of your little kids. Oh. You're declaring. <laughs> Maybe that's not a good illustration. You don't have to get loud, but, but there's force. You understand you speak with authority. That's what I want you to do. Let's read this together. And what I want you to pay attention to is pay attention to the words you're speaking. They're true. Why do I? You, you're going to just have to take my, if, if you find something in there that's not biblical, let me know. All these statements are biblical. Okay. So you're speaking the truth of the word of God. But I want you to pay attention to is as you're speaking the truth. What do I, what do I feel in me? Is, is faith being stirred? Am I growing in faith? Is it rising up within me? Let's read this together. I am a child of the King. I am co-heir with Jesus. I am a new creation in Christ. The old is passed away. All things have become new. I am in Jesus. Jesus is in me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I am united with Jesus. You already, ought, you already ought to be starting to feel something stirring in you, just reading those truths. I have been crucified with Christ. I died with him. I was buried with him. I was raised with him. I am now seated with him in the heavenlies far above all rule, all authority and all power and above every name that is named. Amen, 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 amen. What's a name that's named that you're above? Sickness. Sickness. What else? Names you're above. Poverty, cancer, disease. I'm above those things. Therefore, I carry the authority of Christ. I have authority over sickness, over sin, over demons, over storms, over poverty, and over this world. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of this world. I displace the darkness because I am in the light. I have the full armor of God. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on the belt of truth. I put on the helmet of salvation. I wear the sandals of peace. I take up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. For the weapons of my warfare, they are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful to tear down the imaginations, the lies, and the strongholds of darkness. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Because I am a child of God, I am a son of the King, I am led by the Spirit. All things, all things, all things work together for my good because I am loved of God and I am called according to his purpose. I have a destiny. I am going to heaven. But in the meantime, I have an assignment that brings heaven to earth. Thank God that I am his 
and the truth of his word about me is what I stand on tonight and tomorrow and the next day and forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, thank you. Thank you for the truth of your word, Lord. Thank you for for speaking into our hearts. Thank you for Holy Spirit coming and, and speaking life and health and truth into us as we study and we read your word. Father, thank you that you have given us victory over all the power of the enemy. Thank you that greater is he that's in me than he that lives in this world. Thank you that I can walk in life and health and in truth. Father, I can walk in the spirit with you, Lord. And we just thank you for that. Father, open our eyes. Help us. Father, help us, Lord, to be able to say and it be true. Father, be able to say and it be true that we are not ignorant of his devices and his schemes. We under schemes. We understand. We see them. We recognize them. We have authority and power over them, and we can walk in victory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.